Why, hello, Grace Point Teaching subscribers. I wanted to start this particular episode of Love You with a note, a disclaimer of sorts. There were some level issues with the recording this week, which means that Tim and Joel's mics are really ugly sounding. But I assure you that their voices were as handsome and angelic in real life as ever. But to compound on the level issues, Joel's mic starts to die about halfway through the session, which adds a glorious amount of buzzy noise as well. Plus it, ten- plus it drops out at a couple spots. I'm just hesitant to post this simply because of the audio quality, but I know some of you have specifically asked to have recordings of all of these sessions, so I'm posting this anyway. Everything that everyone is saying in the session can be understood, it just may be somewhat annoying to listen to. Now with that out of the way, let's listen in on what Edgar and Evelyn are talking about this week. Are you ready? Ready for what? For the personality test. Remember I told you we were going to take it this evening? Is it evening already? It is indeed. Uh, I didn't study, though. What happens if I fail? You can't fail. It's a personality test. All I'm going to do is ask you four... I'm going to ask you questions with four words or phrases, and you have to tell me which one describes you best. Uh, If you insist. I do. Okay. Here are the first four. We'll do without, we'll buy on impulse, we'll wait, we'll spend on what I want. I definitely know which one this is. Me too. We'll do without. Wrong. I thought you said I couldn't fail. You can't fail, (laughs) but you have to be honest with yourself. You can't choose characteristics that you would like to have. What do you think the answer should be then? Definitely we'll buy on impulse. I am not an impulsive spender. One word, infomercial. I do not buy things from info. That's because I stop you. Like I said, we'll do without. (laughs) (laughs) On to the next one. Mm -hmm. Soft-spoken, optimistic, social peacemaker. Soft-spoken. What? Soft-spoken. Just because you talk softly does not mean you're soft-spoken. Ugh. Let's go with Peacemaker, then. Practiced that a lot when the girls were at home. I'm glad they get along so well now. Me too. Next. Let me see here. Thinks of others first, positive, competitive, or logical thinker. How about positively competitive? Although that would be an accurate description, you can only pick one. Mm. Let's go with competitive. Okay. Encourager, listener, analyzer, or delegator? What? Encourager, listener, analyzer, or delegator? One more time. Encourager, listener, analyzer, delegator? Delegator. Okay. Okay. Next. Take charge, outgoing, consistent, cautious. Outgoing. Soup, spaghetti, chicken, or burgers? Huh? It's not actually on the test. I was just trying to figure out what to make for supper. (laughs) I think you need to do a better job of focusing here, Evelyn. You're right. Back to the test. Mm -hmm. Education, achievements, safety, or social? Achievements. 
Not easily defeated, follows the leader, cheerful or neat. I loved that game when I was a young'un. What game? Follow the leader. Now who needs to focus here? I'm sorry, what were the other choices? Not easily defeated, cheerful or neat. Mm, not neat. Not easily defeated. Especially when it comes to Scrabble. Don't remind me. It's bad enough you did a little victory dance around the kitchen last night. Admit it. You like my moves. <laughs> Take charge. Enthusiastic. Consistent. Careful. Consistent. Especially when it comes to Scrabble. Oh, Edgar. All right, let's see, are we working here? You guys got me? I've evidently got myself too. All right, hey, Edgar, Evelyn, thank you very much. Thank you, Laurie, for pulling off the uh, management of those two characters. Appreciate that, uh, quite literally speaking. All right, hey, well, tonight is gonna be a fun night uh, for us. Um, I'm looking forward to this night um, because we're gonna have a chance to look at some personality stuff and also, um, kick around some family background and some shaping influences. So tonight um, at Love You is really about some shaping influences in our lives. Um, so again, we're going to have, we're kind of building our team. Joel and Angela are here. They're, <laughs> there they are. Look at them back there. They didn't want me to point out that they're back there. Um, so just carry on with normal business here. All right. Um, but we have a chance tonight to do to kick off uh, with a first session with a uh, an analysis of who in the world you guys are, which is going to be a lot of fun to kick around a little bit of disc personality profile. So here's how I want to want to run this thing. Oh, thank you. If you get a microphone, you get a hot drink. All right, that's that's nice. Here's how I want to start this off. Here's a question I'd like you to kick around around your table um, with with people around you, and that is this. When you first realize that your significant other is different than you, what do you do, okay? When you first have that moment, um, and it may be that you don't have a significant other right now, and you're kind of your own significant other right now, which is fine. That's why you're here to learn more about kind of yourself. Um, that sounded kind of funny. <laughs> I think you know what I meant. All right, moving on quickly from that one, all right? Um, when you first realize that, that man, there's, there is something 
way different about him or her. Um, what am I going to do? You know, am I going to be able to change these people, or how? How in the world is this going to going to work? What did you do, or what do you do in relationship when you first realize, whoa, this is going to be different? All right. So kick that around. Take about one minute. You can kick it around your table if you think it's safe. All right. Uh, if not, we're going to get kick started again real quick just to save you from that. So, all right. So take about a minute and kick that around your table. This question right here. All right. Go. You got it? Got it? Everyone got something? Let me hear one of them. Let me hear one of the stories. Volunteer someone at your table. Let me hear one of, one of the stories. What do we got? We got a pointer over there. Do I have anyone else? We got a pointer? Okay, right over here. We got an elder and his wife over here, so let's hear about that. How'd that go? <laughs> We've just learned it. When we first got married, he got a level out to hang up pictures in our house, and I was like, what? So he's definitely one of the perfectionists of the two. Absolutely. He took me mountain biking, and I was in tears about how we were down. Definitely a different animal. Yeah. How many use levels to measure pictures, to hang pictures? Look at that. You have friends. You've got friends around this room. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> good stuff. All right. Good. Good. How many cry at the thought of mountain biking? Yeah, there you go. All right. You got friends too, Michelle. All right. Well, um, Jen and I are not different at all. We've got nothing different going on, right? Huh? Those of you who know me well, um, there's my sister, she'll laugh at this. When we were dating and engaged, um, well, mostly when we were engaged, Tim was still finishing college, but he lived at home those last semesters because he was saving money for when we were getting married. So, he, you know, his parents lived just up the road here, and I would spend time there, and I would, you know, see his room, and I literally remember thinking, you know what? I love him so much mm -hmm. that I won't mind cleaning up after him. Because mm -hmm. look at this room! And I, oh, it's going to be fine. I won't mind. And I won't tell you how long that lasted. <laughs> He's changed a lot. Well, it was good fun, I thought. I knew where every. It's like living in a junk drawer. I mean, you know where everything is in the junk drawer. Just don't mess with it, and you're fine, right? Who's with me on that one? Come on. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Those, those same people, like no one who uses a level, just raise their hand on that one. I think we clarified that. All right. So here's the deal. It's funny because we all have um, differences, right, in, in us. And, and they're, it's just a reality that we're all um, motivated to do things differently. And so you're motivated differently. I'm motivated differently. And here's the funny thing about motivating people as you think about this concept quick in the disc of motivating people, that you can't um, motivate other people. I don't know if you can read this, this small thing, but you can't you cannot motivate somebody else. That sounds kind of weird. Like, well, no, I think I think I can motivate somebody. I, I don't think you can. Let me clarify this because here's what's important for the disc: is we're going to talk about the difference between motivating people and um, changing environments. Okay, and, and we're going to push through that a little bit. You can't motivate other people, and yet here's the reality: that. All people are motivated by something to do something. Everybody is motivated. Everyone has a motivation, an intrinsic motivation to do something, to, to love better or love less, or to, to cry at mountain biking, or to, to make their room messy or clean. And what would motivate someone like me to clean my room? What would motivate me to get organized? Is it that 
the threat of being broken up with in a dating relationship? Perhaps, right? Perhaps. Perhaps that might be a motivating factor, okay? We could have, <laughs> potentially. So people become motivated for their own reasons. People on their own decide to become motivated. It's just the way that works. And so really the best thing that we can do is we can create an environment for motivation to occur. Now here's why that's important, because you can't change people. And you know that, right? And I can't change people. I can only change the environment. That's all I can control. And so when you're in a, in a relationship with someone, and you just wish that your wife or husband were different. You wish your boyfriend were different, your girlfriend were different. Man, good luck with that one, okay? But all that you and I can control is changing the environment. That's really all that we can do. And sometimes that change in environment becomes a motivating factor for somebody to do something differently. Sometimes it doesn't, okay? It's just reality. So here's what Larry Crabb has to say about that. Is he, we see it up here. If husbands would more strongly involve themselves with their wives, and if wives would quit trying to change their husbands, most marriages would really improve. <laughs> you think you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay? Yeah, quit trying to make him you know, clean up his room. Figure out, figure out how to love him well enough to change that environment. In other words, honey, you don't get dinner. <laughs> Until. <laughs> it wasn't quite like that, was it? So we can, we can control, all we can control is a changing of environment. And what we can control is, is understanding what it is that we each bring to the table. And so here's where we're at with this um, DISC personality profile system. Um, the DISC system is not perfect. And for those people who, who hate to be pushed into boxes, you may kind of resist this. I'm with you on that, okay? I don't like to be pushed into boxes. I don't think anybody does. Um, but this is not a perfect system. And so in this, you may find yourself here or there. You may want to resist it, and that's fine. But it provides us a way to talk at a broad level about some tendencies that one another has. And we'll, we'll find out who are the people who like to, you know, use levels to hang pictures and who are the people who don't really care about organized rooms or whatever. And we'll find out some of that information. But here's where I hang this um, theologically for us, okay? Here's where I come to why is the disc important and why is this conversation important? Um, you guys know the greatest commandment, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? And the second is like unto it. And the second is love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. So love your neighbor as yourself. So how, how do you love the person that is around you? How do you love the people who are near you like yourself if you don't know who they are and how they tick and how they work? And so for me, the disc is really a system, another way for me to serve people around me, particularly my spouse in, in this context, in a way that's deeper, uh, better than I would if I didn't have this kind of context for, for conversation. So it's not just a cool psychological profile. It is to me a theological reality that if I'm going to be someone who, um, like we talked about last week, as a, as a husband, loves my wife like I love my own body and like Christ loves the church. If I'm going to do that, then understanding how my wife works and how I can kind of control environments, okay, knowing that she's more orderly than I am, I'm not going to change her to become less orderly, but I can love her better by changing my environment to become more orderly. And in that process, I have loved her better, not because I change her to be less orderly, but because I realize, ah, I've got to change something about my environment here to show her that I love her better. Okay? That makes sense? Good. Disc stuff, all right? Disc stuff is where we're at tonight. How many of y'all were able to, this is either public shaming or glory, depending on if you did it or not and how you feel about that, but how many were able to just kind of show a hand so we know what we're working with? Either take the disc thing this week or have experienced the disc thing before, just so we have some working thing. 
All right. And if you ever heard of this, you can raise your hand. So we have a lot of good good background here. All right. Here's what I want to do. I want to break the room up for the front of it. So you see how the quadrants are here. We have here's I want, this is move time. So you're going to get up and move. This is going to be fun. Um, but don't delay, all right? We're going to move the Ds. Just follow the quadrant in the room where disc is up here. So Ds, I'd like you to congregate over there, okay? And, and Is congregate over there. And Ss congregate over here. And Cs over there. And one more thing. If you don't, if you don't know where you belong... Hold on, let me, let me say this quick. Let me say this quick. I should have said this quick. Two things. One, if you don't like to be one or the other and you think, yeah, well, I'm a DS or DC and I'm not going to stand in just one quadrant, fine. Stand somewhere in between to prove your point, okay? And that's fine. Here's the thing. If you haven't taken the, the disc, here's a quick and easy way to know where to put yourself. And then I'll let you split up because I want to see where the movement is. If you imagine um, a problem in your life, uh, like a brick wall. So imagine a brick wall right now. If you were a D personality, uh, you drive through the brick wall. Problem solved, mission accomplished. Was there someone in the way? Like, I had no idea. You know, and you just move through it. Did someone get hurt? I don't know. You know, it doesn't really matter because the issue is there and we're through it. And does anyone have a problem with that? Okay, good. You're a D. Go over there and talk to all the other angry people in the world. Over there, all right? <laughs> The eyes, you guys come to the, the brick wall and you just want to have a party at the brick wall. Like, who cares about the wall? I mean, there are people here. Let's talk to them. You know, and you just love that. I mean, who knows what else is going on in the world, but we've got people. And let's just have a good time. And you kind of are the life of the party and you just keep, you know, talking and enjoying that. So, so eyes, that's who you are. Um, S's, you get to that brick wall and you are, um, you are thinking, man, who needs help to get over this wall? And, and man, you need help over there, let me help you. And then you wait until they're done on the other side of the wall and they need help coming back over and you help them back down over here because you're always there to help people. You're steady and stable and reliable and people like you a lot, okay? And C's, you get, you get to the brick wall and you count the bricks in the wall before you do anything. <laughs> And you, you get your level out, okay? I mean, I'm not telling you where to go, Jesse. I'm just telling you that you get your level out. And you make sure that that thing is level and it's OSHA approved before you do anything with the brick wall, okay? So that's our disc personality profile at a brick wall level, all right? Got it? So find yourself in the wall, all right? Move, relocate, D. What did I do? D, I. I did it wrong. I'm sorry. Anyway, D, I. What? Oh, oh. D I. Sorry, D I S C. No, S C. D I S C. D I S C. Back in the. There you go. You guys are smarter than me to figure that out. We got eyes over here. Look at you, happy eyes. Woo! All right, we got a bunch of happy eyes over here. Anybody else is an eye? This is the angry D group over there. You guys aren't even talking to each other. You're just ready to go on to the next thing. All right. What is this massive humanity? What is wrong with you guys? Where are we at here? We got, we got what? S's over here? Are you guys S's? Is there some kind? And then we got some kind of people who don't like to be stuck between. Okay, you're both. You're both, and where, what in the world? You all both? I mean, what are your C's? You, Jesse's a high C. He's the furthest over there. All the way over. And Corey, you're, you're a DS. You are stuck in the middle. All right, all right. Very good. 
All right, very good. So D, I, where are we at? S and C. Okay, good. What do you think? Does it represent you guys? D? Driven a little bit? Did it, your test came out that way? Okay. We have a, actually a pretty high D population here. Okay. Okay, gotcha. So it's a little, okay. Um, this is about typical. We have, what are you guys? IS. ISs? Okay, in between the I and the S. All right. This is about typical. Most of um, the population actually lives over, the majority of people live over in the S category of life. Um, yeah, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying it's a thing. It's just a thing. Uh, you know, you can take pride in it if you want to. Um, this is actually a higher population of Ds than we typically see with, in a group like this. And Cs, uh, we even see more of them in Is. Yeah, this is about right. Okay, so we have driven, detailed, people, people kind of people. Okay, now kind of take a picture of that and see where we're at. All right, you got our, our, our deal? All right, now let's come back to the table. We're going to walk through what this means, okay? We're going to walk through what the disc personality means. All right, you're back. Let me walk through some of this with you, all right? And then uh, we want to have some Q&A and talk about it. So Ds, you guys, I'm, I'm really surprised. Here's the Ds. The Ds have, we talk about a goal for people. If you're married to a D or you are a D yourself, this is helpful for you to think about how you operate and how you function, or if you're dating a D. Um, Ds like authority and action, right? I mean, you guys who are Ds, you're resonating with that. Who's in charge? What's happening? And got to keep the ball moving. I mean, no wasted time. Just get it, get it going, right? Eyes. Their goal is persuasion and popularity. So you want to motivate people, if you will. You want to kind of influence circumstances by your personality. Yeah, I'm hearing over here, please like me, please like me. Right? Um, this persuasion and this popularity. S's are more about cooperating and caring. So as an S, you want to work with people and you, you care for people, and that's just part of what S's do. Um, C's are conscientious and consistent. You guys... Um, are reliable when asked to be, when, when given a task to do, um, anyone will trust a C. Um, and sometimes you don't want to give a C a task if you think they're going to ask too many questions about the details. Sometimes you just want to say, whatever, stop asking me questions about details. I don't care about the details. Just get it done. But when you want something done with great detail, you will love to have a C on your team and love to have a C working with you. And, and when you're married to a C, that can be both fun and exhausting at the same time. Not that any of us know anything about that. But I'm just saying, I've heard of marriages like that. Okay. We get a lot done. We get a lot done. We accomplish a lot. Okay. Um, so that, there we go. Now, let's look at it this way, all right? Uh, and if you need to take notes on this, I can throw it up later during break as well if you're not getting it quickly. If you take the north part of our chart, so take the, the really, in our case, the north part of our room, um, above the midline, those two Ds and Is, the D and I group, kind of across here are the extroverted people by default. That meaning, as I use that term, meaning these are people who generally recharge and get a little bit of motivation by being around other people. Okay, compare that down to the south part of the, the deal. The S's and the C's are more introverted. Generally speaking, feel recharged and refreshed by being away from people. <laughs> All those people who give me tasks to do, you know, and, and require things of me. You know, I'd, I'd rather just get a, a job done. Now, we go to the, the west side or the left side of that track. You then circle up the D's and the C's. So now we're going this way. The D's and the C's tend to be task-oriented. And then on the right side, the I's and the S's tend to be people-oriented. So 
if you put all that together, uh, you look at a D and you'll say generally a pure high D is a task-oriented extrovert, which is why they drive through a wall, because there's a job to do and I'll get it done. And I don't mind getting that done with other people. Let's just all get it done together. We'll be happy bruising our head going through the wall. Throw that across the way to an, extra, to an, to an I. The I is extroverted and loves people, loves to talk. But it's people-oriented. They get driven not by getting the task done. There's a task to do? Seriously? There's a, there's a brick wall? I just like being with people. Let's just keep talking. Let's be people-oriented. The S down there, this is a funny one. A people-oriented introvert. Most people are like, how does that work? They don't like being with people, but they're people-oriented. In other words, they prefer the small group. They, they prefer one-on-one, uh, one-on-two, one one-on-five, whatever. They enjoy less of the big group, more of the small group, and they care for a few people. But, uh, but a heavy burden of care is too much for an S because they'll feel overwhelmed because they want to help everybody, and they can't help everybody. And um, that can be tiring for everybody. And then finally, the C is the task-oriented introvert. Um, if you're a live person, don't go near a C when they're in their highest C mode because you don't exist because the task has to get done. Okay, so there's always time to speak. After. There's always time. Always time. Now here we go. This is the last slide, and then I want to talk for a minute. Um, above, uh, you kind of change the language here a little bit from extrovert and introvert to people and task, and you go on the north side, and you see that the D and the I focus on change in activity. They're people who want to drive and get things done. People on the south side focus on maintaining and accommodating. People on the right think about ideas, and people on the left think about results. So that's different language to kind of say a lot of the same thing that, that we're saying right now. So this is a bit of a, an info blitz on the disk, but this is what it is. Now, I want to tell you how this works for Jen and I. Um, Joel and Angela are, are going to share a little bit about that, and then we'll kind of talk about it here. Um, but uh, Jen and I really have no problems. Okay, Joel and Angela, your, your turn. <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> um, Anyone want to guess where we're at? That's always a scary thing. I'm sure you have no concept of where I could possibly be. Anyone want to venture a guess where I might land in this category? <laughs> Someone said over there that I'm a D. I don't know who that was. Who said that? Mm -hmm. I, do, I do test out on the D side. I know that's surprising for people, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I, I uh, actually test out, and this time when I took it this week with this personality system, tested out on the DSC, uh, surprisingly. So, um, Corey, I was a little bit with you, kind of stuck between uh, the camps of the, the DSC. In other words, I like to work with a team. To me, this is why, uh, you know, the Together Initiative is a good thing, because we're getting things done, we're doing it together, and that kind of works for me. I like to do that. Um, and the C is also part of my personality as well. Um, I'm everything but an I, so the I people, man, you guys are great, but that's just not my deal. <laughs> now, Jen is a little different. Um, you're more on the CD side of things, so she likes the level and, and all that, okay? But, but is also kind of driven, so we share some things that way. I think you blew me up with that one. Yeah, here we go. We're back. So here's the thing. Um, we were going to talk about early on um, real quickly. Uh, <laughs> one of our first times with kind of understanding some of this for us was um, when we were in Dallas and doing the vacuuming, is that right? So a little little thing, um, little okay, thing. So you quickly realized that if you wanted to, like you wanted to spend time with me, and I'm like, you got to mm -hmm. do this and this and this and this. So you're like, okay, well then, if I want to spend time with her, I better help. Yeah. Because then it'll get done. Changes the circumstances and motivates me to do that, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't cross this out. I could rest while the house is messy. I was fine with that. What is 
so in light of that. You do your homework until like Sunday night. Uh, there, is, there is that reality, yeah. Yeah, at least I did it most of the time. So it was time to, to clean the house and all that. We had a you know regular push vacuum and I had never really known why they put all these extra little arms on the vacuum cleaners, all these, I guess they call them accessories. Like, really? Who needs them? I mean, you just push the vacuum cleaner and you get the job done, right? I mean, you go in, you vacuum, and you're done, and you're moving on to the next thing because you're just going kind of task to task. Time to vacuum, push the thing, stop pushing it, house clean. At which point I realized, gee, it's not quite enough for someone who has a, a C personality. That's right. That's right. And so, oh, oh my God. that's what I'm saying. Thank you, Justin. Never had that problem until we got married, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and so one of the things we were, it, it's a silly thing, right? But this little conversation we had, okay, uh, was around, um, why don't you use the accessories on the vacuum cleaner? I'm like, why do you use the accessories on the vacuum cleaner? What's the point? I think you're exactly right. That's exactly I what happened. I wouldn't have said to you. I wouldn't have been bold enough at that point to say. Which was so surprising because I'd already gone through that wall and it was accomplished. <laughs> what needs to be done? So it's been interesting for us to um, to adjust there when it comes to that level of detail. And it's kind of a silly thing, but in terms of having the conversation about how does a more driven personality um, work with someone who also wants detail. That, that works with budgeting stuff for us as well, works with money, works with um, vacation plans, works with scheduling, works with children, housing, cars, whatever we're going to buy. It's like, okay. Yeah, we knew then that the vacuum was just the tip of the Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's how that works. Now, it's interesting when you think about our personalities, and here's, here's the thing, when you marry somebody who has similar traits to, to us, so both Jen and I would fit a little bit more in the DC side of things. If I, excuse me, if I back this slide up, if we fit more in the DC side, then you can tell that we both line up more in the task-oriented side, which, which can be a problem because what that limits us in is who is the one who's pushing the other one to be more people-oriented. Okay, so that's a limitation, if you will, of, of, of us just being us and kind of, if, if left to ourselves, we wouldn't totally abandon relationships with people because that's not totally where we're at. But we're also not like some of you who might be like, man, I just need to go out tonight, go out tonight, go out tonight. Um, we know that that's part of, part of our work of kind of saying, hey, this is part of what we do. What we need to do is stay in relationship with people because by default we find satisfaction by getting the job done um, and working that way. Okay. You guys want to share anything about your uh, your stories? Can you imagine where we're at on the scale? The other side. <laughs> the other side. Um, actually, every time that I have tested out on this, um, I'm, I'm with you, Corey. Kind of, kind of depending on the role. Because um, if you take the expanded version, they, they always tell you. Which keys uh, generally do. <laughs> and eyes don't even know they're there. You, 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 have, to, you have to answer. We've, we've taken this test a zillion times. Anyway, and so it's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle. But when I was younger, not that I'm old now, but when I was younger, um, I, I had some of, the, some of the other traits. And Angela 
I, I might surprise everyone because I obviously portray myself very, very much as, as, as a complete I. Um, but I, what I resonate with with the group in the back is the need to um, plan the party and be with three people. Um, so that's the that's the challenge for me is that. I feed off of the energy of large groups of people and needs and things like that. But if I don't have time to pull back into a quiet space, then my energy gets depleted very, very quickly. Um, and that's something early in our ministry that um, because I am very, very almost exclusively people-driven, um, that also leads to a lot of guilt and 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 you don't have um, enough time to give uh, to that. Um, so there 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 are both good things and bad things in all of these things, and we we tend to um, so you're, so to you're kind of bounce through some of these things. I'm a list maker and a, a rule, task, rule follower. A rule follower. I mean, if there is a rule to be followed, I'm going to follow it, and I'm going to make sure he follows it. Um, uh, a perfect example of that is where I work. There's a little coffee house in front of the um, store, and I told all the guys, and my husband was there, I'm going to go out and get, get a coffee, and Joel just said to them, he said, watch her. She's going to stand behind the two cars that are already in line. Jim goes, no, she, she'll just go through the window like all the normal people in the world do. Goes, oh, no, there are two people in front of her. She's going to stand behind those cars. And I went straight behind the line of the cars and waited like I was a car in, in this line. And, of course, they're, they're laughing when they came in, but there are rules to follow when you plan a party. And our big, big moment was uh, uh, Joel actually took a, a home ec class with me my last semester at um, in college. I loved her. I was pursuing. <laughs> um, anyway, but it was on entertaining, and, and for one of our finals, we had to invite faculty members and plan a dinner party and cook it and do everything. And, of course, you were allowed to have people to help you, but because I am so worried about you know, what other people's schedules are like, I was just like, oh, no, Joel and I will handle this whole thing. We're getting married in two months and um, this was our first massive meltdown because Joel you know, oh it's time to put ice in, well let me give you a hug first no, 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 you don't understand, we have a list and we're following the list, there's, there's nothing about this that is about our relationship and, and we, didn't, we, weren't on ta- we weren't on time, so I literally uh, lost it, like full-on, ugly cry, you know, an hour before we're supposed to be entertaining. And he thinks I've completely lost my mind. And, oh, my word, what have I done? Um, but. But he <laughs> is a very compassionate person. And he, the first thing that he said to me was, how can I fix this? How can I fix this? And... I think, you know, in that moment, he allowed me to be absolutely insane um, and say, we'll, we'll get to this insanity part later, but how do I fix this in the moment? Um, and, and really, truthfully, for, for almost 23 years, um, that has been, he, he let me be as crazy as I was and loved me. And... Uh, and I do help him because he does, he does, he's very task oriented when it gets to certain 
things that we have um, we've we've worked on, we on fit seeing together. The, the people in our lives yeah. too. So he helps me pull away uh, when he knows I've had too much and says no for me and. Yeah, I have I have tendencies um, <clears throat> if I if I have a list to do um, or people to see like you could you could see this on a Sunday if I have people to see I've got the list in my head and on on or, or things to do you may want to talk to me but I don't see you at all because I see three people in my mind and, and I have to get to them and 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 so what what happens there is okay we're in the we're 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 in the middle of ministry and. People, uh, people matter, and people count. And I have unintentionally blown away people, missed people, missed opportunities for ministry just because of the way that I'm wired. And I'm thinking I'm accomplishing the biggest ministry in the world because I have to see Laurie, and I've got to talk to Laurie because this has to be done. And the four people that were in between me and Laurie, I I didn't see. And she has helped me slow down and see that, and I can contact Laurie later. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are some differences, uh, how we've discovered how our personalities affect not only our relationship, but also our ministry as well. That's good. Okay. Um, good stuff. I have a feeling you could keep going, and I think we could too. This is, and it might be fun, actually, entertaining to keep going. Um, let's pause it here and let's take your thoughts and comments, questions, or what have you. As you're sitting here thinking about this and processing this yourself, um, any questions, comments come to mind that you'd like to share for the good of the group or questions uh, for us to process here along with you related to the DISC um, thing and how you might see it fitting in your own, your own world right now? Opposites attract theory is is accurate and is best in a relationship. Well, none of y'all were in the same group. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe two or three of you were in the same group. Um, yes. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> um, the question is the the whole the whole adage of do opposites attract is that is that hold in this case, essentially? Uh, yeah, I mean, you hear that all the time, so is that, is that you know, we heard you and Jen talk about things that help you guys offset each other. Right. Right. Personalities are different in many aspects that helps to offset. Yeah. And we learn, can learn from each other. Yeah. So, yeah. I think you're stating something that's probably true and asking as well. But my my gut reaction on that is when we have people who are completely op- like when you say opposites, you know, well, how far opposite do we mean, and you know all that. Um, but uh, an I attracted to a C happens, um, and sometimes because you really see that detail and that what the C does, and the C is really like, wow, that I person can talk. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I need I need someone. Sometimes that happens, and more often than not, we see similarities with people. You know, like like Jen and I would say, you know, if I'm a DSC, she's you know CD. So there's clearly overlap within that. Um, one of the problems we see is when people are the same. Um, if you're both a CD, let's say, or both an ID or whatever, it it is that kind of 
massaging, if you will, of personality doesn't really happen in that context as well. Uh, that can be a problem. We talk to people about that sometimes, too, if they're we both high more, Cs. In premarital, we use it more as, okay, he, he, there's not a right or wrong. You are what you are. But because you scored on that test, there's like numbers for each letter. Because you scored this number compared to your fiance scored that number, just know that this is likely going to be mm -hmm. an issue rather than, oh, no, you shouldn't get married. Not that, but just be aware of here's where it might crop up for you yeah. just based on the test. That's a great point. That's, that's something important just to draw out quick. If you could rank... You're, and you can't do it on a little test we gave you, but for those who are going through premarital with us, ultimately we'll push this out further with you guys. But um, if you and your fiance or whatever, if you and your spouse now are, let's say you guys are D's over here, and then like Corey, let's say, who was stuck between the D and the S, kind of in the middle, like Jesus, you know, perfect. In between everything. <laughs> That's what I thought you were trying to do. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's say, James, I don't know where you were. Where were you hanging out? You were the D's? We were talking that he is actually kind of the same. Okay. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Let's just say that you are over there, and on a scale of 1 to 10, let's say you're at, a, at an 8 on the D, and let's say Corey's at a, well, you wouldn't be there if you were, but if you're at a 2, or you're, in other words, if your spouse or significant other has a really high score and you have a really low score, that's where we look at it and we say there's potential for real conflict there. That's where the fights are going to come. And then they're just a way to anticipate. This is where you're going to fight about if you're, Someone's high D, another one's a low D. They're going to feel pushed along. If someone's a high C, others a low C, they're going to be like, "Man, this is like a Nazi home. What is going on here? We got to use this all the time." And you know, and again, high I and low I. The low I is going to be like, "Can we stay at home tonight?" And the high I is like, "Let's go out every night. Let's go out and meet people, 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 people." And and so this is where the push is going to be when you have the high, the highs and the lows kind of coming together. We just try to anticipate. This is where your fights will be. Okay, this is where the conflict is going to come. So that that I think is a, is a good point. Okay. Good. Other other comments, questions? Mary. Uh, yeah, this is what I was talking about with this. Uh, feel free to push back if you see a different line question. We use it a lot now too. Um, as a behavioral profile, it depends a lot on the environment that you're thinking about when you put out the this. So, like, for me, um, <laughs> um, I'm a DI. Yeah. Exactly straight. My uh -huh. my eyes exactly. In relationships, my being comments pretty low. I'm very happy to be a follower in, comfort in comfortable relationships. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. so I actually have a, a different risk if I take it with a particular environment. Yeah. So just so people are like, like you said at first, you might feel comfortable like you're getting put in a box. So this is not a personality profile in the sense of this is exactly who you are in the environment. But this is you in a particular environment. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, that's well said. And I think there is a, the ideal way to take this test is to think about your most natural environment, when you're most relaxed and just yourself. For many people that might be at the cabin over the weekend or, you know, on the beach or Hard for me to imagine that being possible, relaxing the beach, okay? But the point is, I think, like, take you, Mary, for example, I think your default, I think you are primarily an I who functions in the capacity as a D at work, but then 
if when push comes to shove, your default is, is going to be kind of pull back and be, be a high high. But you can function in that capacity, but you're not going to be comfortable functioning in that capacity all the time. You're going to kind of pull back and draw back to something, and that's kind of what we want to talk about. What is that drawback? Because that's what you're going to live with with someone else for their default. If they have to function, as, if you have to function, this is a struggle. If you are a high I, like let's say Mary is, and you have to function as the accountant in the business, she could do that, but she would kill somebody when she comes home because <laughs> the I and the C don't play well together, and, and her being forced into that will create stress, and she'll come home and just be ready to oh, let it all out, and I can't believe I'm in a corner office with just a, or a little cubicle with just a computer punching numbers all day, and you'll, at some point you'll go crazy. So the longer you have to function outside your default style, the more stress will be in your relationships. That's kind of the deal. Like in seminary, my C went through the roof because I had to... I had to deal with all the details of seminary work, and it, I almost didn't know who I was anymore. They t tell you it takes like five years to recover from seminary. That's about right. I'm like, whoa. No. Okay. Good. Other questions, comments? So yeah, sure. Ed, Joe, you made a reference of changing over time, because when I looked at this, the results that I got out of this were not at all what I expected, and definitely not who I was in my 30s, and who I've become in my 50s is very different. I think, I think that's really what Joel and I talk about as much today and, and this week as anything, is that, um, that that scene that played out that we talked about, that does not happen like that. As much, in, I mean, like that anymore. Obviously, that the extremes, you know, of those kinds of things. You know, I mean, we know each other, and, and we'll talk about some of that later. But yeah, what I what I really want to bring to the table with this is that that God is at work in all of us, and the things that you know we have in our flesh, He really is about doing the change um, and, and, and when we are committed to renewing our mind the things that you don't like about your personality test results and we all know what those are because they, they have these, these lists of I don't want to be that person you know the negative always seems much more loud to me than the positives um, but if we're committed to renewing our mind this, this is where we're at then it doesn't matter if you have married someone that is, you know, you're, you on this list would be clashing all the time. Um, God is what does this changing work. We can't do it. Um, but he, he, he is able. And I think that, that grace is an amazing, amazing thing in a marriage. Um, what we learn over years and years of being together um, and learning to love well is... Is, is going to change some of these tests from when we would have taken it when we first got married, halfway through, you know, and then at Margie and Paul's stage and, and Jean's stage, you know, there's they could take this test and it would be a little more mellow, mellow hopefully, too. So, <laughs> hopefully. And again, it goes back to, 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 what, to what I said at, at the beginning and, and what, what Mary has shared with us about looking through the lens, while well, our lens has certainly changed over time. Mm. That's a good way to put it. Good transition into break time. Mm -hmm. This is really about um, the disc focus and the shaping influence is really about how do I love um, somebody well and how do I love my spouse, my significant other well and how can I create an environment within my relationships 
where I can allow, for me, I can allow a high C to thrive and function well within our home, and how can she give room for a D to kind of go after whatever brick walls he wants to get after and, and function well in that environment. So this is, to me, again, kind of anchoring this back, not just to let's be smarter and figure out DISC, and that's kind of neat, but rather, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Wives are to submit to respect and honor their husbands, and husbands are to love and serve their wives and all that we do. So this is where we, we tag that on to. All right? Fair enough? Okay. Uh, we're going to do a break, about 10 minutes, and we got food lined up over there. On the back end of that, we're going to come back and hit some more shaping influences um, um, from there. All right? Break time. Thanks, guys. Uh, take your Bibles, and I want us to turn... Um, to a passage of scripture as we continue to think um, why don't we just do first Peter first Peter chapter 3 turn to turn to first Peter chapter 3 we'll get there in a minute but I want you to go ahead and open open your your uh, your Bibles now as we are thinking about okay what are our four quadrants this is D this is I this is S and this is C. Well, I also gave you, live at the end of, uh, for homework, at the end of our, our session last week, I gave you um, John Trent's simplified version of the DISC task, and, and uh, some of you took that home and you're wondering what in the world. So how that lays out is uh, L-O-B-G. What that stands for is lion, okay? When you think of the uh, the, the, the D, the driven, the dominant uh, lion. The king of the jungle. The king of the jungle. We also have uh, party people over here. Those are otters, okay? And then uh, back in the, in the corner over here, do I have that right? Yeah. Back in the corner over here are golden retrievers. I thought they were groundhogs. Everybody loves golden retrievers, and uh, they like to be petted, and they get along with everybody. And, and then over here, we have uh, the ones that are measuring and counting stuff and, and measuring. Those are, be those are beavers, okay? And so lions, otters, golden retrievers, and... Beavers, and so as you as you think about as you think about that, I was going to have a little stuffed animals here tonight, but uh, kind of ran out of time. Um, uh, that's a good a good way for for you to uh, to visualize the personality. Um, the personality test, the assessment, and uh, so if you think of that that animal, it sort of helps instead of okay, I'm an eye, I'm an eye. I'm an, what does an eye look like? What does an eye look like? Well, you know, otter. Okay, and so uh, that's that's an easy thing to do. So we're talking about differences. How in the world, uh, in relationship, when we come through and we we understand. Uh, that God is, is orchestrating and created us for relationship. So how do we take our different personalities and we bring them together? Whether it's a dating relationship or a business relationship or what we're talking about, eventually heading towards marriage. If, if, if you were to look at Angela and I and our backgrounds and how we were raised, my parents were in ministry her parents were in ministry. Long lines of, of, of involvement in church. Um, we, would, we would think, and other people would think, oh, they come from godly homes. They come from godly influences. And, um, you know, there were... Yeah, it'll, 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 it'll be easy. You know, it'll be easy for you guys because you had all, you had great teaching, you had great backgrounds, you had loving, loving parents and all that. 
and you should be a great a, a great fit. You love each other, and, and you've, you've got similar goals and whatnot. But the truth of the matter is, is um, it's not quite that way. It's not that simple just because you have a quote-unquote good background. And as we come to understand the differences and how we were raised and the shaping influences on our lives, um, we just want to share a little bit about, uh, from the outside, it would look like, wow, these, these, they're, it's a match made in heaven. It's, it's, it's perfect. They should just fit right together, you know. Uh, but in reality, it didn't. So why didn't it do that way? Why didn't it work like that? I came from a family where um, my parents, well, Joel's parents are older than my grandparents. So, <laughs> there in and of itself is a, is a huge thing. He's so, you're saying I'm old? He's the, he's the fifth uh, in a family that has four older sisters. Um, so, he's the baby. The youngest sister next to him is 11 years older than he is. Um, you would think that made him a very spoiled, needy male. I have to say, it made him into a fabulous husband. They all came home from dates and looked at him as a 10-year-old and said, if you ever do this, you know. So, they would beat me up. They, I mean, but he, he, he already did understand what a lot goes on in the, in the female mind with five mothers. Um, and so um, that, that in and of itself was, was really great. But his parents had very, very distinct roles. Dad went to work. Mom vacuumed in heels and pearls and, you know, had dinner on the table at 5. And um, my parents you know, had hot breakfast every, every day. Um, and I did ask, you know, one good question, uh, do you expect me to be this person? And he said no. So that was a good, okay, we will move forward with this relationship. Um, my parents were um, very um, much uh, communicators in, in, in that when there was a disagreement, they often um, exhibited it in front in of public us, uh, children. <laughs> My mother's very vocal. I know you can't imagine that. My father is very much like Joel. Um, but they, and I don't mean there was knockdown drag outs by any stress of the imagination, but they, 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 they resolve conflict often in front, of, in front of us. I never saw my parents disagree, much less argue or fight or anything like that. It, it, they would go into the hallowed halls of their Bedroom, you know, I, I had to step across the threshold into the Holy of Holies, and, and uh, you know, it's, that was just that place was off limits. You 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 didn't go and didn't go into mom and dad's bedroom. That was kind of sacred, you know, area. But I never all of their disagreements or their arguments or whatever whatever they did, I never saw that ever. And keeping in mind, because they're so much older, it does play into the fact that they did not have some of the conflicts that my parents, who my mother was 19 when they got married, and I came along two and a half years later. So having young parents that are still kind of figuring that out, as opposed to parents that were 40 when 42 when he was born, you can see in your own lives how that the dynamic of, of they've been they've, they've they've made their coffee. I mean they've they've done all this thing, and and Joel had a totally different. Um, because of generational differences. 
Um, his dad never discussed finances with his mother. My parents sat at a table every month and, you know, you know, we, I was very well aware of, you know, were all the churches on this month, you know, as far as did all the churches send the support in because my parents were missionaries and that's how we, you know, okay, five churches weren't on. That meant we, you know, didn't get, you know, hot lunches that week. We had to take peanut butter and jelly. I mean, you know, those kinds of things. As a family, finances were, were, were very open and we all knew things that were going on. Um, Dad would study late on Saturdays, and and come home after after we're you know after we're in bed really, or, or he would come home and then leave and go back go out. back out after he put us put us to bed. And I would see Mom in her in her bedroom on her knees with all of these bills all over the all over the bed in stacks, and she was doing the you know stuff. But there was never a conversation about finances or or any of that kind of stuff. Dad. Handed her the check or whatnot, and there was never a discussion about that. There, there was hardly any of that. The home just, just was kind of on autopilot. Um, and um, I could tell you to this day, my, my dad, he would get up at six, he would do his exercises, and he would uh, then have, you know, breakfast would be served at, at seven o'clock, and then at 7.30, he'd be walking out the door, he would be back home, you know, very, very regimented, very, very disciplined, um, no surprises. Mom, very people-oriented. In my house, it was the opposite. My dad is always going to lay a task down for a person. My mother is always going to get the task done that he didn't get done. I mean, that's just, it's so, so how does that, what does that look like when, when a, a 20-year-old and an almost 26-year-old get married. Um, that's when. That's when we had had our twenty-six. About one yes. Of huh? <laughs> they're they're muttering over here that he was almost 26. I know. He's a late bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> he had to wait until I got out of kindergarten. There you go. I had to wait for her to grow up. But but that you know we did have arguments before we got married, but there was a measure of this. He could break up with me if he knows exactly how crazy I am. So you know, rein it in, chick. Um, so, but but that the gloves are off, and I mean you you know that if you've been married, you know even six months, you know that there's something that happens when it's all safe and everything is secure. Then all of a sudden, what are you talking about? You think that's the way we're going to run this? Um, you know and. The first year, I would say, I it was pretty, this is going to sound crazy, but I was pretty silent because my view of submission was generally, um, skewed. I didn't know that I needed to, to be a helpmeet. Um, I didn't know how to do that. Yeah, we, we, we lived in, we lived in Savannah, Georgia. And um, we we had our lives planned out before out, out before us, and, and, and our our whole our life got turned upside down right before we got married, and we ended up moving to a, a city that we didn't know any like not one person we knew each other. I I had a truck uh, that was a stick shift. She couldn't drive a stick shift, and so I would go off to work and come home whenever I was through doing the one job that I swore that I would never do, and. Uh, Nine, ten o'clock. Yeah, nine, ten o'clock at night. I'm I'm coming home Monday through Monday through Friday, and at the end of that time, I'm just like, 
I'm done. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go anywhere. And she's dying on the inside because she's just, I want to go somewhere. I want to do something. And she loved football. And we like to sit down and watch football. And, you know, so that was one of the things that attracted me to her. And so I, it's, it's Saturday. It's time to watch football. And we're relaxing and taking our shoes off and whatnot. And Sunday afternoon, we're watching football. And Monday night, after I get home from work, we're going to watch football together. And by the end of that first year, she hated football. Didn't want to have anything to do with football. All she wanted to do was get out of the house. We're going to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> if I would just looked at him and said, I'm going to the mall. But I couldn't drive a stick shift. I mean, a lot of things that went into that first year that, that honestly, at the end of that year, my mother came from Germany, and I had a conversation with her, and I could see the terror in her eyes. And she was terrified that we had just wrecked this thing, you know. We weren't talking. We were busy. We were too busy. We were, you know, I mean, we were we were becoming different people. And that was a real eye-opening moment for us. And she she came in and we I had one of the we had one of those we had one of those discussions and and I didn't know I, I wasn't prepared. I didn't know how to fight. I didn't know how to argue. I, it was just like I I never saw that. Whenever that that happened, I would be like, okay, I'm taking this as much as I can, and now it's time to go, and I, I need to leave this place, you know, and let's let's get out of here. So, so my my response to conflict would be like, okay, I can, okay, I'm full now, and it's time to go. And um, and my response was, he's leaving. I must attack more. I must follow. And and so we had no concept of, you know, in my family you resolve conflict before the sun goes down. In his family There was no there conflict. conflict so, you, or we just so, didn't talk about that. You know, and there and, and that would have been also a, a very much of a defense mechanism in my family. We we you confront and you resolve. In his family there are things that you <coughs> never talk about, you know, even if it's things that were sinful or things that we could have helped or we could have done it you know that's painful we don't discuss that that's something for them to handle um, and so coming to that point where we were in such trouble and really didn't even know it um, having people come in and see it from the outside then we all of a sudden um, in my mother's true fashion she attacked Joel and uh, one of the most, I mean, I'm trying to be as vulnerable as I can. Uh, I watched her come out like a mother lion to protect her daughter. And um, as difficult as it was, it was probably the most, uh, it, it changed everything for me because my allegiance went from my mom and who I had always been best friends with to now protecting him. I'm at fault here, Mom. I've seen, I see what I've done. I, I've, I've pushed him away because I'm, I'm constantly at him. I'm, I'm constantly trying to fix him. You know, all these things. That God gave us some very, very painful moments in our life to see what was incredibly important, and that was, okay, we're broken, and we don't know how to fix this, but... That was when we started talking about, he said, I don't know how to talk to you about finances, and she says, I, you know, I don't know how to do this. Um, 
I don't know how to, I, I don't know what to say to you. You, you're, you have so many words, and I'm trying to even just listen to them. And, and, and so, so, so I learned that, okay, you have to process this, but, but don't run away from me. I'll give you, I'll let you go to another room. I'll let you, I'll let you have a day, you know, um, but don't run away from me, you know, because that makes me afraid. Um, I feel like you're leaving me. I feel like you're, I'm losing you. And so I'm just going to keep fighting with words and with, with these things. So. And I, I, I could say to, to, to bring us to, to what, one of the biggest things that, that, that the both of us learned, I've, I've directed your thoughts to First Peter chapter 3, but they, they actually reflect, okay, Peter here is writing, they actually reflects a lot of what was uh, written in Ephesians chapter 5. Um, you remember last week we talked about God's design uh, for, for, for marriage is that we're both to mutually submit to each other and the way that you submit to each other is that you're controlled by the Spirit. That's Ephesians chapter five, heading uh, heading in towards the end of the, the end of the chapter. You're submitting uh, to the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit, and then you submit to each other. And then it says, "Wives submit to your husbands, and husbands love your wives, just like like Christ loved the church." <clears throat> the 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 kicker for me um, is uh, if if you want to look in in First Peter chapter three, it says this. This is very interesting. Uh, three verse one. It says, "Wives in the same way." And if you just put a pause on that, in the same way. Well, he's referring to what was said earlier in chapter two and in chapter one. And there's a beautiful progression through the book of First Peter. Um, and if if you have a um, like a paper Bible, <laughs> um, uh, you, you can do this pretty. Uh, pretty quickly, but uh, in First Peter chapter 1, it says, it says this, uh, verse 13, says, prepare your minds for action, be self-controlled, set your hope fully on the grace that has been given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. And he jumps down to verse 15 and says, so be holy in all you do. Okay, so be holy, be set apart for God. Um, um, and, 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 and through the end of the chapter and going into chapter 2, there's this submit is said over and over again that you're, it, it, it's like um, submit to every ordinance of man. There's this, this active thought process of giving up your rights and submitting yourself to God, submitting yourself to the ordinance of man, submitting. He says this uh, towards the end of chapter 2, um, uh, verse Verse 18, slaves, submit yourselves to your masters. Verse 21, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow in his steps. When he was attacked, he didn't attack back. Instead, he entrusted himself to God who judges justly. And so chapter 3 opens up and it says this, wives in the same way as Christ submitted to the Father. Very familiar to what Paul said. Submit yourselves to your own husband. If you jump down to verse 7, it says, Husbands, in the same way, okay, in the same way, how did Christ submit to the Father? He understood what the Father wanted. He understood what the Father was all about and his great purposes. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. I don't like that translation. I like the old King James translation where it says, dwell with them according to knowledge. In other words, get to know 
who your wife is and understand who your wife is. And when you come to know and understand who your wife is and the differences, <coughs> then you can learn about your differences, you can understand that, you can accept it, and then you can really, really appreciate the differences. And the kicker for me was I had to take an honest look in the mirror and realize that my love for football, and I loved football, but my love for football was simply that. I was loving myself. And I was spending my weekends serving myself. I would have had a whole lot more fun serving my wife. We would have gotten along a whole lot, just, just during our, just a little slice of our, our, our married life, is if I could have gotten a hold of this Dwell with her according to knowledge. Be considerate of her and her needs because I'm called to love her like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. It was not her job to submit to me and serve me. and That's incredibly selfish. That's a, that's a slave driver. That's an egotistical maniac. And I was doing that unintentionally. She loves football. Come on, let's watch. You know, I don't mind that the house is dirty. It doesn't bother me a bit. I'm tired. Let's do this. It's all about me. It's, it was all about me. Our house was not dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't mind the mess, you know, and that was my answer. It was like, oh, I don't, I don't mind the mess. It did. And, that, and that was that was truly the way we were. We felt like if, it, if this would, you know... It, I couldn't deal with the clutter or, or the, any of those kinds of things. And so in his mind, he was loving me well if he gave me permission to not do that. In my mind, all I could think of is if you loved me, we would take five minutes to clean this one-bedroom apartment that you have totally trashed in the 15 minutes you've been home, um, you know, so that, so that we can sit down and relax, you know, and, 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 and that. So, so learning to love each other well was a was a moment where we sat down and he I mean he looked at me after my mother had this huge blow up and said okay I totally understand some of this um, where this is coming from you know and I said to him I said well what how did your mom and dad how did how did and that was when I was finally figuring out okay neither of us had perfect solutions and that's a good barometer when you find yourself reacting in complete silence and I'm not going to talk to him and I'm not going to talk to her and if it takes me three days to get over this, then he'll just have to, I can, I can hold out that long. That's not responding godly. That's not a godly reaction. And if you also find yourself on the opposite extreme where you are just raging from the minute he comes in or the, and, and you do it, you know, you're, you, you, now we have a hundred ways to do it. You can text, you can email, you can call on the phone, you can, you can rage in ways that are unbelievable now with technology. That's also not a godly response. So those kinds of things became kind of our barometers. It was like if I am constantly trying to protect myself in silence, if I'm constantly feeling like I need to change you by manipulating you and by words, and you can't motivate that way. Um, so it became a moment of we've got to figure out where we came from, and then we established rules for, for conflict. 
Um, and and that's, that, that, that probably helped us more than anything else. And we'll talk about the rules of conflict later, <clears throat> later on and, and, and the way that we communicate and those, those kinds of things. But that was, that was really how we came to understand who we are and our differences. And we brought those things together. And it would, from the outside, it should have been easy. It should have been, you know, we, we've we've had great training, we've had good preparation, we had we had premarital counseling, you know, and Dad did it, and he was awesome, you know. It doesn't work that way. And he actually sat there and said, "I don't know why we're doing this. You've been in every marriage seminar I've done for the last 22 years, you know. But okay, let's go through this. So you got this? Did you read this? Okay, you got that. I mean, that was literally how our parents felt too. You, we, we've given you every every bit you can, and you feel that way too sometimes. There is more. There are more resources out there today for couples to get communication and all these kinds of things. But we're still struggling with these things, and this is why we come back." to what we were talking about today. Understand where you're different. Understand where you're sinful. Understand where this is not, again, you know, according to God's plan. And then start working on personally renewing your mind. I can't make him become any more the person I want him to be. He can't make me. He can't manipulate me. He can't motivate me. He can't do all any of those things. But God's Word can. And when, I, when we start with the point of, I'm going to submit to you, and he says to me, I'm going to love you, and by doing that, we're going to become as close to this book and to God as we possibly can, then I can say 23 years later, do we have conflict? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we have tools now of saying, you know, we stopped in the middle of the, of the hallway. It's been a kind of a stressful day. And he couldn't get technology to work tonight. And he came through, and I just looked at him. I said, honey, you can't go in there with that look on your face. And he started in on me, and then he just pushed me to the wall, and he said, okay. And he prayed. That's 23 years of doing it right sometimes and doing it wrong sometimes. But we know. We know where we're at. We know where we come from. We know what pushes each other's buttons. But we also know what stops those moments in their tracks. And that's the hope that we hand to everybody out there. It doesn't matter if you've been doing this for 25 years. If you've been doing it in a way that's wrong, then this is true. And we can reprogram our minds because we can renew our minds according to this, this book. And so uh, we've learned to submit to each other and to live for each other rather than to live for ourselves. It doesn't mean that we're still not selfish. But living, that was the, the, the biggest thing as far as our differences. When we, when we live for each other, it really helps us. And as we understand, as we understand that, we've given you some homework on the back of the, the, the page. I'd, I'd also like to say one phrase that I've heard, and I don't even know where it originated. But this is the very, very true thing that we need to understand. It's very difficult for a man to live in a relationship where he is not respected. That's very, very difficult for a man. But it is terrifying for a woman to live in a relationship with a man who does not love her. And that is where we find ourselves when we're sitting in counseling. You have got to get this right according to God's Word because it is life-giving when we get it right. <coughs> and it is destruction when we get it wrong. And that's why we want to do this. 
and that's why we'll tell stories about ourselves that are painful and have to be revisited often because we oh, don't sorry. want it to be destruction. Homework. <laughs> Had to come back come back through. We've given you homework. Last week, um, uh, we, we gave you homework. We asked you to go home and use words to encourage your wife, to encourage your husband, to communicate with each other, you know, some things that you love about each other. Tonight, we're asking you to use gifts, okay? And I'll let, I'll let my wife expand on that in just a, just a minute. If you haven't figured this out, this is um, uh, love languages. We all love, and we, we all give love and receive love in a different way, and um, that's, that's, it's very, very important. Um, if you it, with gifts, that sounds just like oh, when your love language is gifts, you know that sounds terrible. And of course, you love gifts. We all love gifts. No, but if you've ever heard the phrase, it's the thought that counts. The person who receives love through gifts, they actually mean that. I mean, that's that's love language for me is gifts. Um, and I feel incredibly loved when Joel brings home a magazine. You know, I mean, yeah, we're talking, I remember one time he brought me home a pencil that was a color that I just loved, and I just thought, oh, my word, he really loves me. <laughs> because... And I was going, 99 cents. Yes. <laughs> you know, but no, that, so that, we're not talking about going out and buying your wife a new diamond ring or your new, you know, girlfriend or however that works. We're talking about thinking about what is going to make your mate this year, your, your loved person. Think about something that is going to be significant. I and mean, it doesn't have to be bought. For me, I mean, if he if he picked a flower out of somebody's yard and brought it home to me, then that meant that he was thinking of me this week. Or a whoopie pie. Or a whoopie pie. That would even be better. But, um, but, that, but that's, that's what we're, that, you know, we're trying to get everybody to think in terms of how do we love? How do we intentionally um, get it from here to where they, they they understand it. And this week it may not be gifts, that may not be your thing. Work on that, we'll give you a week to, to get to what, what really really works on anything. And then continue with the words. Every day this week, say something that, you're, that you appreciate about your mate. Um, that's, that words are life-giving. Whether they're negative or positive is our choice to make. Good stuff. Um, thank you very much, guys. All right. Thank you for being here tonight. We're going to wrap it here. You've got your homework for next week. Um, next week when we get together, we're going to pick up some of that. And so on your on the back of your sheet there, you see some questions related to some of your background with moms and dads in particular. Um, and you may be tempted to stick that thing in your Bible or in your purse or wherever it is, but we encourage you to actually take a couple of minutes and go through those questions. And actually, if you take a couple minutes, you realize I need more than a couple minutes. So we'd encourage you to think through and push through those questions. We'd like to pick that up, that piece up next week. Talk about some of that as we get back here, talking a little bit more about parents in particular, okay? Um, and so that's where we're heading next week. We'll also talk about a, another mystery topic as well. Um, so, so that'll be good, all right? Um, let me pray for you guys, and then we'll get out of here, all right? 
Father, thanks so much for the time tonight to be together. I pray for the men and women who are in this room and who are listening online later who are um, wrestling through um, a variety of things, some on kind of a high swing of looking forward to marriage and looking forward to living life together or just got, gotten married or hoping to date. And, and others have been married a little while or just came off of a bad relationship or maybe you're in kind of a valley and are pushing through some obstacles and difficulties. I pray that whatever stage we're in, that we can be reminded of these realities, that, that while we have these differences, that, that all things are possible as we continue to, to try to yield our will to yours and allow you to lead us into ways that we can love one another well and, and make less of ourselves so we can make more of the people who are around us and demonstrate that kind of love to one another. So we love you. We ask for your help to pull that off and make that happen and give us grace when we blow it. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, thanks so much. Hope to see you next week.